Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. As I walk down the corridor of infamy, at the station I'm broadcasting from, which will rename Nameless, as we're on the National Community Radio Network, 3CR, I saw the light for the first time in 37 years that I've been broadcasting the anarchist world this week in its various guises. I saw the light. The wall had been knocked down, and there was light streaming into the studio. The house next door is no more. I've seen the light, but unfortunately... The light will be removed soon. Yes, we finally lost it. This is the Anarchist World This Week broadcast on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. And if during the course of the program you get called away, nature calls, you fall down the stairs, Asia knocks on the door, Islamic State collectors are at your doorstep, you know, asking for money for their struggle, don't despair. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? Well, we could talk about anarchism. What's the point? You know what anarchism is. That's why I listen to the anarchist world this week. Now, sometimes I wonder what type of world I'm living in. I've noticed that the Murdoch media were very excited really, really, really excited that the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association of South Australia has entered into negotiations and come to an agreement with small business to remove penalty rates on Saturday and halve penalty rates on Sunday. Lauded as a great reform. And I thought to myself... With unions like this, no wonder they call themselves an association. What have we got to look forward to? What have we got to look forward to? But it's the nature of politics in Australia in 2015. All right. Now, memories. Now, last week I painted a little word picture of uh, Mr Abbott and his neoconservative mates rapidly, rapidly painting their spots, painting out their spots with water-soluble paint. 
changing their character. Nice, cosy, pleasant, polite people. You like that? Pleasant, polite people. There to help you. There to help the people of Australia. And it seems that their new policies, their new uh, spin, they're not policies, their new spin is paying dividends. Paying dividends. The polls are closing. And I thought to myself, what short memory do we all have? What short memory? I mean, parliamentary politics is essentially an act of faith. Every three to four years, and the people of New South Wales will be casting their ballot this weekend. If you decide you want to, well, you have to. It's a duty, isn't it, under Australian law to cast a ballot? Uh, You cast a ballot for your favourite representative. And when your representative is elected to Parliament, he or she is primarily responsible to the political party that pre-endorsed them for that particular seat. Not to you. That's right. Not to you. Parliamentary politics is like religion, an act of faith. You put your trust in your parliamentary representative's word. Now, I remember, and although I'm getting old and my memory's not as good as it used to be, I still remember that before the last federal election, the Liberal National Party told the Australian people, and they believed them, there'd be no cuts to the ABC, there'd be no changes to Medicare, it'd be steady as you go, there'd be no changes to uh, industrial relations policies, and the list goes on and on and on. And within a few weeks of their election, every one of the major promises, except to repeal the carbon tax (laughs) and the super profits mining tax were in tatters. Every one of their promises were in tatters. They said, well, that was yesterday. Conditions have changed. We need to change our policies. And then we saw the lovely May budget, Mr Hockey's May budget. And we saw proposed changes to Medicare, Proposed changes to the ABC, proposed changes to tertiary education, and the list went on and on and on. Proposed changes to deny Social Security to uh, the unemployed, the young unemployed, and the list went on and on and on. And I can give you a 100% guarantee, and I normally don't do that on this program, I can give you a 100% guarantee that if the neoconservatives and the Liberal National Party, I don't like calling them Liberals anymore. Malcolm Fraser knew they weren't Liberals, and we'll talk about that later on. But the neoconservatives in the National Liberal Party, I can guarantee you 100%, if they had a majority in both Houses of Parliament, the tertiary education sector would have been deregulated completely. I can guarantee you 100%, There would be a Medicare co-payment and Medicare has a universal health care system, primary health care system, would have been totally destroyed. I can guarantee you the ABC would have been gutted and sold off. 
I can guarantee you that SBS will be on the market. I can guarantee you that the corporate sector wouldn't even need to pay voluntary taxation in this country. Irrespective of the public uh, anger, I can guarantee you that every one of these neoliberal policies would have been pushed through the Senate. And the type of country we live in would have been dramatically different to the type of country we are living in today. As night turns to day and day turns to night, I can give you a 100% guarantee that every one of their neoliberal policies would now be law. L-A-W. Law. Every single one. Every single one. So the question is, do you trust the new Liberal National Party that it's painted over its spots with water-soluble paints to fool the electorate? Can you really trust these ideologues who jump out of bed and put their nose in their little blue book every morning to find out what neoliberal policy they're going to push this week, whether it's privatisation or globalisation or corporatisation or deregulation? Can you trust these people? Can you really trust these people? What do you think will happen if they are elected at the next federal election for majority in both houses of parliament? And don't think that that is not possible. What do you think will happen? Every one of their policies, which they've now hidden in the cupboard, will be pulled out, polished up and passed through parliament. End of story. Nothing has changed. Parliamentary politics is essentially an act of faith. You can either have faith in it or not. And those of you who have faith in the parliamentary system, don't forget, apart from revolution or radical action, there is nothing you can do in between elections to force a political party or a political or a political representative to honour their promises. Nothing. There's no power of recall of politicians who break their promises. None whatsoever in between elections. Political representatives, especially those that belong to political parties, are hostages of those political parties. That's the be-all and end-all of it. End of story. End of story. So trust. Trust is the key. Trust, trust, trust. Has the leopard changed its spots? Will the water-soluble paint which have been painted over the spots, will they wash off at the next federal election if they win a majority in both Houses of Parliament? This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Reap what you sow. Reap what you sow. You like that? Very biblical, isn't it? Well, there's a lot of confusion in the Australian community today, a lot of confusion about what's going on. Now, 
people talk about increasing crime rates. People talk about increasing domestic violence. People talk about increasing interpersonal violence. People talk about, you know, all these things. But they never think beyond the figures. They never try to join the dots because we live in a society where it's much, much easier for the uh, corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC to highlight issues but not look behind the issues. Now, we do have an issue in this country as far as young people are concerned, as far as self-destructive behaviour is concerned and as far as antisocial behaviour is concerned. So what do we do? Build more jails? Hmm? I mean, drug culture has become almost endemic among certain sections of society. Because you need to remember that in God's own country, the land of Oz, the land down under, that it's the 15 to 25-year-olds who have now been disenfranchised especially those who are not able to afford a university education or a tertiary education. There is no place in our society for the 15 to 25-year-old who doesn't enter a tertiary education. And why is that? Because we have, in our great desire to make a buck, destroyed... The very public institutions, the very public structures which allowed young people to get an education. Not in terms of an education of sitting at school, but in terms of an education which gave them the opportunity to acquire a meaningful, secure job. That's simple. Meaningful, secure job. We now have a government, a national government, which if it had its way, would ensure that the under 30s wouldn't actually even be able to receive unemployment benefits, would be have to rely on their friends and families, and if not that, they'd have to you know, beg on the streets because of this government's policies. So here we have a vacuum, a huge vacuum, an increasing number of young people who are not interested in tertiary education who are finding it very hard to find any meaning, let alone a secure, safe job. So obviously, there are increases in self-harm. There are increases in suicide. There are increases in antisocial behaviour. There are increases in drug-taking. The majority of young people basically self-harm in this situation. Because we as a society have decided this group is dispensable. This group can be marginalised. I mean the privatisation of the uh, TAFE sector, the privatisation of 
apprenticeships and the privatisation of many aspects of tertiary education have created a climate which treats young people as commodities, as things to be exploited. So no wonder when you look at the statistical indicator that on every statistical indicator things seem to be going backwards for this section of society and at the end of the day backwards for society as a whole because there are ramifications. There are ramifications when we as a society have decided that a group of people has no future, that a group of people is not worth worrying about because sooner or later these people strike back in a variety of ways which are not conducive to a safe, secure existence. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. My name is Jeff Rusko. I'm hosting today's program. Now, if you find yourself, if you find yourself, we've reached the ad stage. You like that? We've reached the ad stage. Now, you know, regular listeners know to this program that we are right behind the West Papuan independence movement. And we've been instrumental in organising the West Papuan Rent Collective, which allows the West Papuans uh, activists in Melbourne to have their own office in the city through the uh, assistance of the West Papuan Rent Collective, which is an integral part of creating an organisation which can struggle for West Papuan independence. Now, on Palm Sunday, and for those heathens who don't know when Palm Sunday is, it's at uh, 29th of March, that's this Sunday. If you find yourself in the city of Melbourne, I suggest you go to the Church of All Nations. You like that? Church of All Nations. Here we are, an anarchist program, you know, Advertising the Church of All Nations. Well, sometimes churches do good things and sometimes mosques do good things and sometimes the list goes on and on. Religiously inclined people do good things. Well, this seems an interesting thing. Now, the Church of All Nations will be having the People's Concert for Peace. You like that? The People's Concert for Peace. And it uh, it features Thursday's Children Community Choir. He'll be singing songs and poetry in recognition of the centenary of Gallipoli, the war to end all wars. The Melbourne Gay and Lesbian Chorus, Songs of Peace and Reflection, and the Black Orchid String Band, Songs, Instruments, Instrumentals and Dances from West Papua, at 5pm at the Church of All Nations. Entry is by donation. And why am I spruiking all this? Very simply, every cent that is collected at the door will go towards the West Papuan Rent Collective to ensure that the West Papuan Independence Movement can continue, continue to have an office in the City of Melbourne which acts as their uh, foreign ministry. Immigration Trade Department. So, 
you got nothing to do, on Sunday the 29th of March, 5pm, Church of All Nations, 180 Palmerston, P-A-L-M-E-R-S-T-O-N Street, Carlton. And just go to their Facebook page, Church of All Nations, bingo. Carlton Church of All Nations, I should say. Go to the Carlton Church of All Nations. So, as I said, something interesting. Uh, proceeds to the West Papua and Rent Collective. Now, joining the dots. Joining the dots. Now, those of you who are waiting for the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website to be up and running, well, I'm sorry, it's still not up and running. It should be up and running within the next week. I have been assured by the makers that it's going to be the best website in the world. You like that? How's that? The best website in the world for the best organisation in the world. Public interest before corporate interests, And I've been spruiking this on this program now for two or three weeks. Now, if you want to get a download an application form, go to anarchistmedia.org and download it directly. Or if you want us to email you one, email info at pibc, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Info at pibc, P-I-B-C-I dot net. You can always send us a letter to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Or you can give us a ring on 0439395489. Now, the national launch of PIBC... Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, a political community-based group that uses both electoral politics and workplace community action to ensure all Australians, not just a small minority, enjoy the fruits of this rich land. The national launch is at 11am to 2pm, Sunday the 12th of April. You like that? Sunday the 12th of April. Not far, Sunday after Easter. You've got Palm Sunday. We can go to the Church of All Nations. Then you've got Easter Sunday where you can do whatever you do. And then you've got the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest National Launch, 11am to 2pm, Sunday the 12th of April. Where is it? Broughton Reserve, B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, Station Street, Seaford. Seaford, you say? Seaford, I've been told. Why Seaford? Well, Melbourne is a big place. Melbourne is not just a CBD in the inner suburbs. It just doesn't happen in the CBD in the inner suburbs. You want change, you need to bring the 4.5 million people living in Melbourne and the 4.5 million people living in Sydney and the people living in Adelaide and Perth and Darwin and Hobart and the list goes on and on and Adelaide. Together, it's not just an inner city thing. So if you're one of those people who've ever wondered why in the lucky country it is so hard for so many Australians to find a home, pay their rent or pay their mortgage? Have you ever wondered why in the lucky country why so many Australians have trouble finding a job, let alone a well-paid, secure job? Have you ever wondered why in the lucky country It's so hard for so many Australians to put food on the table and pay their electricity and gas bills. Have you ever wondered why in the lucky country 
So many Australians have so much trouble getting access to public hospitals and health services when sick. Have you ever wondered why in the lucky country it is so difficult to find affordable childcare and get a decent education for your, for their kids? If you're one of the 80% of Australians who fall into this category, or if you're concerned so many Australians in the so-called lucky country can't make ends meet, then join us at the national launch of public interests before corporate interests. As I said before, this is a political party slash community group which is based on the same principles as we're seeing new political movements emerging in Europe. Anti-austerity parties. Because what we are seeing in this country, as I said before, is the marginalisations of large sections of society. People whose the difference between having an acceptable life and a difficult life is having a job. And in a society where deregulation is the name of the game, where penalty rates have been removed, where the Productivity Commission has been uh, earmarked by the federal government to hold an inquiry into penalty rates, where wages are so low for so many people, where corporate interests pay voluntary taxation, where we have organisations in this country like the Murdoch Media, News Corporation and 21st Century Fox, who use every one, every, all their resources to denigrate anybody or anything that doesn't follow a deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation agenda, then I think it's important that we organise. It's not longer good enough to organise around specific issues. It's no longer good enough to actually react every time more pressure is placed on you. So public interest before corporate interests is a vehicle which can actually encapsulate every important issue that we have. For example, global warming. Simple. If you put public interests before corporate interests, we would as a country be tackling the question of global warming. It's that simple. Public interests before corporate interests. If we were concerned about escalating crime rates and escalating evidence of self-harm amongst an increasing number of younger Australians, wouldn't we think about putting the public interest before corporate interest, the interests of corporations? I mean, having a decent TAFE system and having a decent education system which gives people training, which is run by the public sector, not a for-profit private sector, isn't that putting public interest before corporate interest and tackling the issue of self-harm, crime, family violence, alcoholism? If you're concerned 
about public interest before corporate interest, the issue of 457 visas comes in. What's the point of importing labour and refusing to train our own? Public interest before corporate interests incorporates all trade union activities because it is in the public interest to have well-paid workers working in a secure environment creating profits. So public interest before corporate interest is an organisation which has the capacity, not the potential, has the capacity and the potential to actually put all those single issues into a box and do something about those single issues. So, if you can't come to the national launch, and we understand that, if you want to set up a branch in your part of Australia, whether it's Udnadatta, Derby, Launceston, you know, the list goes on and on, can be anywhere. Or you just want to join. Well, now's the time. We need to get those 500, 600 members within the next few months. Public interest before corporate, as I said before. National launch, 11am to 2pm, Sunday 12th of April. Broughton, B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, Reserve, Station Street, Seaford. Behind the Seaford stations behind the Seaford Shopping Centre, between Seaford Community Centre and the Cannonlook Creek. 50 metres from the Seaford Railway Station. 50 metres. Bring along food and drinks to add to the communal table. If you ever wondered why, come along. Bring your family, bring your friends. If nobody loves you, bring yourself. Bring yourself. So as I said before, if you ever wondered... This is the organisation for you. This is the political movement for you. This is the social movement for you. This is the community movement that has potential. So what are we going to do? Vote for the same tired old hackneyed people? Beg and beseech? Wait with our cap in our hand, begging and beseech for crumbs to be swept off the corporate table at irregular intervals? Are we going to rely on Leopards who, political leopards who paint off their spots, change their spots with water-soluble paint? Or are we going to do something about it? As I said before, you've got options. You can do nothing. You can join the Gunner tribe. I'm going to do this and going to do that. You can join the somebody should do something about that tribe. Or you can join public interests before corporate interests. Now's your chance. As I said before... You can email us at info at pibsic, P-I-B-C-I dot net. While we're waiting for the website to be created, which hopefully will be created within the next week, you can download applications form from from uh, anarchismedia.org, anarchismedia.org. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You, you can leave messages on 0439 395 489. And if you find yourself in Melbourne on Sunday the 12th of April, the Sunday after Easter, join us. And if you can't join us and you find the ideas interesting and you're listening to this radio program in Queensland or New South Wales or the ACT, or South Australia, or West Australia, or Tasmania, 
and you want to form a group, give us a ring. Email us some email us at info at pigsick.net. If you want to join, go to the Annex Media Institute website, download the application form, Media dot go to annexmedia.org and download the application form. Very simple. Hopefully in the next week the website will be finally up and as I've been told I was a little bit like Michelangelo yesterday. I said to the people who are actually uh, organising, who've organising the website for nothing, freebie, because they like the idea and uh, they've got the technical expertise. I said, when will it be finished? And they said, it'll be finished when it's finished, which hopefully will be within the next week. It'll be finished when it's finished. Okay, listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast of the Community Radio Network. My name is Justice Scarner. I'm hosting today's program. Now, Liberal Party policies. Sorry, Labor Party policies. Now, have you ever wondered why the ALP is so policy shy? Federally. Well, it's simple. The Australian Labor Party, like most other political parties, apart from the Liberal National Party, God's chosen children, has learnt its lesson. It saw during the Rudd-Gillard era that having the ownership of the means of communication in the hands of a half a dozen groups is very, very, very dangerous. Because these organisations really don't know what the truth is. They are political organisations that are there to further the financial and economic interests of their major shareholders. For example, News Corporation, 21st Century Fox, Murdoch's Babies are there to ensure one thing, not to ensure that the Commonwealth is spread equally, not to ensure that we live in an egalitarian community, but to ensure that their interests are paramount, number one. And that's why we have been so keen in pursuing Murdoch and his media outlets. That's why we created Resist Murdoch's Minions Legislative Onslaught. Because it was fascinating the amount of time and money and effort which went into having the neoconservatives in the Liberal National Party elected to office at the last election. But not only that, but how much time and money went into destabilising and destroying the Australian Labor Party and the Greens. Because these organisations stop at nothing to promote their interests. Lies, deceit, they manufacture news. They make it up. And if they can't make it up, they haven't got the brains to make it up, which they don't in the majority of cases, they skew it in such a way as to create public perceptions of incompetence. So the ALP is sitting in its bunker thinking, under the leadership of Mr Shorten, thinking... Do we go out of the bunker and get shocked by Murdoch's snipers before the federal election? Or do we keep our powder dry till the election campaign starts? And the problem 
for the Labor Party in this country, in this country, the Federal Labor Party, is that if they don't put their heads out of the bunker, that it may be too late. We may see the rehabilitation of Mr Tony Abbott, the People's Prime Minister. So that's their dilemma. That is their conundrum. What will they do? Will they put their head above the parapet and blurt out a few policies and duck under? Or do they wait and wait and wait and wait for the Liberal National Party to implode? But the Liberal National Party, the neoconservatives, will not implode because they have powerful backers. Powerful backers in the boardrooms of national and transnational corporations who are ever so grateful that they don't have to pay income tax. That are ever so grateful that we're seeing the creation of a low-wage economy. That are ever so grateful that the they don't have to worry about legal niceties like you and I have to be concerned about 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they are very happy, very happy with their boy, very happy with their puppet. Mr Murdoch has decided to reattach the strings to the Abbott puppet. And the Abbott puppet is now dancing, waltzing, no longer, you know, doing some, you know, vigorous punky dance, but waltzing, waltzing to the music. And that's the dilemma, isn't it? It doesn't matter what their policies are. It's always supported by the corporate sector, always supported by large corporations, always supported by that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. So we never actually see any mass criticism of their policies and when people in the ABC attempt to raise a few paltry issues they're painted as subversives that's right and even worse radicals radicals damn you IS all I can say is radicals has now become a dirty word radicalisation has become a dirty word all it means is turn the wheel so do you trust them? If you don't trust them, what are you going to do? Are you going to wait? Wait for the public mind to be poisoned by that small section of society that owns the means of communication? Or are you going to get involved in things? Are you going to become involved? Are you going to join public interest before corporate interest? If you don't like what we're on about, you're going to join some other group. Get involved. Do things. Or are you just going to wait there on the couch for things to change? Because things don't change without effort. You know that. I know that. Okay. The light on the hill. Now, those of you old enough to remember, Mr Chifley, a former wartime Prime Minister of Australia, spoke about the light on the hill. Labor Party policy is the light on the hill. Well, the new light on the hill, I've been told, is capitalism and technology. Corporate capitalism and technology. Together they can solve everything. You know, I've been told recently that the four horsemen of the apocalypse are a myth. If we give capitalism, corporate capitalism, its head and don't uh, ask them to pay taxes and allow them to get on with the job of making money and using technology, 
we'd never have any problems in this country, in this society, in this world, on the planet. That's right. Capitalism and technology, they're a great duo. Walsing, walsing, walsing in the stratosphere. Capitalism and technology. Forget about increasing population growth. Nine billion today. Sorry, seven billion today. Nine billion in 20 years' time. Fifteen billion by the year 2035. Forget about increasing greenhouse emissions. It's just garbage, isn't it? It doesn't really exist. Forget about the domination of the world economy by a uh, small section of society. Corporations whose major responsibility is to their major shareholders. Forget about all these things. Forget about you know the privatisation bandwagon. Forget about it. Because with technology, I've been told, and capitalism, the concept of making a buck, irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs, we can solve every problem on the planet. It seems to be the new feel-good philosophy. Technology and capitalism. Well, technology and capitalism don't solve every issue, let alone any issues. Technology is not value three. Different technological innovations are created to suit current economic practices, to suit current corporate picadillos. It's not value three. It's not just somebody sitting in an attic inventing something. It's not like that. It's not value three. What is developed, what isn't developed, how it's developed, how much money is poured in, is all linked to the creation of profit. If there is social harm, bad luck. There's community harm, bad luck. There's individual harm, bad luck. So those people who are putting their hats on, putting their money on capitalism and technology to solve all the issues we face are on have backed the wrong horses. You solve the issues we face by harvesting the collective wisdom. You harvest the collective wisdom through direct democratic processes. You solve the issues we face by holding property in common. Simple concepts. Collective wisdom, property in common. You solve the issues of unemployment, disenfranchising, by providing seeding funding to set up cooperatives and collectives. Nobody gets rich working in a cooperative and a collective normally, but at least you learn skills, learn to interact with other people, get some type of decent wage to take home in the majority of cases. Obviously, some cooperatives and collectives will fail, but the great majority play a pivotal role. They should play a pivotal role in a society that harvests collective wisdom. So is it capitalism technology, the keys to the future? As we're told, ad nauseum, day in or day out. Or is the key to the future, is the key to unseating the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the modern day apocalypse, increasing population growth, finite resources, 
increasing greenhouse emissions and increasing population is the key to that by harvesting the collective wisdom and using alternative economic systems which are based on collectives and cooperatives, not competition and corporations. That's the key, isn't it? Day in and day out. What's the key? Capitalism and technology? Don't make me laugh, but it seems to be the new buzzword. Technological innovations and capitalism? We can solve the world's problems. The new buzzword. All right, let's move on. This is the Anarchist World this week. My name is Jeff Stoskin. I'm hosting today's program. A few boring pieces of information. Now, remember we are told constantly that we need to privatise public assets. And if you're a New South Wales listener, you do know there is an election this weekend. And that election will be based to a large degree on people's attitudes to privatisation. And although the uh, previous Labor governments were corrupt to the bone, the current Liberal National Party in New South Wales has got its own issues regarding corruption. And obviously people have got issues but in New South Wales, you have an upper house and lower house. And it's quite possible that what we'll see is the Liberal National Party return to power in the lower house. And if they're very unlucky, we will see a number of independents from the fracking areas of uh, New South Wales who will hold the balance of power in the lower house. And we will see an upper house which will most likely stymie and oppose the privatisation agenda of the current government. We're told constantly, we are told constantly that we are told constantly that private companies do it cheaper and better. Now, you may have forgotten, I'm sure most of our listeners don't weren't members of Medibank Private, which was a private health insurance company which was owned by the federal government which returned a profit of about $110, $120 million per year to the uh, taxpayer. Well, Medibank Private was privatised by the federal government a few months ago. And all those people who are members of Medibank Private who are opening their uh, bills this week will have noticed that their instalments have gone up. The price for private insurance has gone up. Has it gone up by 1%? No. 2%? No. 5%? No. 7%? No. 13%? No. 14.5%? Yes! Bingo! You got it right. Every child wins a prize. So, the federal government privatises Medibank Private, brings in $5 billion into the kitty. This is a money-making industry. And what does the private board do in its first few months of operation? It increases premiums for its members by over 14%. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. We do know one thing about private organisations. They always do it better as far as making profits for their shareholders is concerned. Because that's what a corporation is about. That's what a private employer is about. It's about making a profit. So when a government organisation is abolished and a private organisation steps in to do its work, whether it's in the welfare sector, whether it's in the education sector, whether it's in the TAFE sector, whether it's higher education, 
whatever it is, whatever it is, 40 cents of every dollar which a taxpayer gives to a private organisation goes in costs. 40 cents of every dollar to the National Disability Insurance Scheme. 40 cents of every dollar into the pockets of a private provider. The charities, so-called charities, you know, not-for-profit charities, get government money. 40 cents of every dollar goes into bolstering the coffers of that so-called charity, not-for-profit. So how can we, as a society, expect that the private sector always does it better when 40 cents of every dollar goes in costs and profits? Because if they can't create a profit for their major shareholders, they go to the wall. The major shareholders and the minor shareholders move to another company. How ludicrous. How ludicrous. But do we ever have a debate regarding this in the mainstream media? Do we ever see a debate on television, radio, the internet, by major political figures, major business figures about this furphy? The private sector does it cheaper and better. It doesn't do it cheaper and better, as we see with asylum seekers. Billions of dollars. If you gave each asylum seeker who's living on Nauru and Manus Island, the prisons on Nauru and Manus Island, $10 million and said, go away, I can assure you, a lot of them would go away, and it would be less, less than it costs to keep them, the private sector, to keep them at Nauru and Manus Island. I'm sure they'd be happy with a million dollars. So here you are, a million dollars. Piss off. Hmm? Because that's what it's costing. Billions of dollars every year to hold, what, three or 4,000 people on detention, prison-like conditions in two foreign countries, Nauru and Papua New Guinea? How ridiculous. How ridiculous. So the private sector always does it better than the public sector. What garbage. As we saw with the example of Medibank Private, 14, 14.35% increase in premiums across the board for all its members. bit higher than inflation. 700 times higher than inflation. You know, 14.35%. And for what? To create a profit for their major shareholders? What a load of crap. When it could have remained in public hands and made a profit for the uh, taxpayer. Bingo. It's a little bit like shooting the duck that lays the golden egg or selling it. You may get a fistful of dollars, but you're not going to get those golden eggs anymore, are you? How ridiculous. How pathetic. Mr Fraser, look, I'm sure Mr Fraser was a wonderful man, but I haven't forgotten. I'm old enough not to have forgotten the dismissal But more importantly than the dismissal, the policies which were introduced by the Fraser government over two terms, policies which saw the introduction of a Razor gang, whose job it was to ensure that the amount of resources which went to look after people on social security benefits and the education sector were slashed. 
And I don't forget Mr. Fraser's role as the uh, foreign, I think it was the foreign minister during the Vietnam War. And I don't forget the role of those two terms of government which laid the basis for the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation revolution that has swept this country with the election of a uh, Hawke-led Labor government. But again, Mr Fraser proved that people can change. And in the latter part of his life, his attitudes changed to such a degree that he became so disgusted with the party he was Prime Minister for for eight years that he refused to rejoin the Liberal Party because it had been taken over by neoconservative elements. At least with Mr Fraser, we had a conservative reactionary person as far as economics was concerned, trade unions were concerned, as far as social security benefits were concerned, as far as Medibank Medibank was concerned and Medicare was called Medibank during that period when he tried to dismantle it. But at least he kept the liberal light alight. He kept it going. Unlike Abbott and his neoconservative cronies who've put out all the lights and put their baskets in the corporate sector who are little more than parliamentary puppets for the parliamentary puppet mark masters, that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3CR. Go to the website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. Learn about what we do. Look at all the associated websites. Go to info at pibci.net. Send us an email. Download an application form from the AMI website. Hopefully within the next week it will be finished. Michelangelo will be happy. We'll have the best website in the world for public interest before corporate interest. Write to us at Post Office Box 20. Parkville 3052 I never cease to be amazed by the amount of letters we receive every week. Leave messages on 0439 395 489 0439 395 489 Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week and remember keep a smile on your face while you're smashing the state and the corporate sector. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station next week evil minds that plot destruction sorcerer of death's construction an analysis you'll never hear anywhere else anarchist world this week australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse 10am every wednesday Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.